Our internal value system is installed in us like a piece of software between the ages of about three and seven years old. And hence the reason why it's fundamentally flawed because it's designed to give us security and create a safe space for us. But actually, it's fundamentally just not appropriate for when we become adults and especially adults with businesses. You're listening to the Fearless Business Podcast. You're in the best place to learn about how to grow a business, get more clients, and make more money without fears and limitations, all while having fun in the process. Robin Waite is the founder of Fearless Business, a business accelerator helping coaches, consultants, and freelancers double their income and more. Now here's your host, Robin Waite. What's up, everybody? It's Robin Waite here, the Fearless Business Coach, with another episode of the Fearless Business Podcast. I'm super excited to be talking to you today about internal versus external value systems and why they are undoubtedly fundamentally flawed when it comes to us as adults running businesses in order to first of all understand um, why it's really the internal value system which is fundamentally flawed, but the, the internal value system is often a reflection of um, our external value system and quite often, well, let me explain the difference between the two first of all. So our internal value system is essentially how we talk about ourselves in terms of the value which we bring to the world. So things like personal development are designed to ensure that our levels of confidence and um, our own self-worth are there to um, give us the strength and courage to be able to put ourselves out into the world and confidently charge our worth. Whereas you then balance that off with the external value system, which is more so, um, well, it's exactly that. It's, It's an external value system, which is a reflection of our internal value system, which we then project onto the outside world. And so how that tends to show up in in life is in things that we, for example, we buy for ourselves or treat ourselves to. So this could be in terms of, um, and apologies if this is very sort of, I don't know, capitalistic or whatever, but houses, cars, watches, fashion, the holidays that we have and various things like that. Because often we try and um, spend money in order to make ourselves feel better and make up for all of the internal value systems that are, are flawed within And so you see people who are very heavily focused on status. And status is not, it's not internal. Status is very much external. Status is about how we want others to perceive us. And so that's why you see a lot of people who go way over the top when it comes to buying things for themselves, to demonstrate their status in the world so that other people have a higher opinion of themselves. Whereas if you listen to a lot of the experts and the gurus and I don't know, perhaps if you've spent some time speaking with a counsellor or a therapist or something like that, the things which they always tend to work on, especially in the personal development world, is your internal value system, um, uh, you know, which is which is much more important. You know, any number of the things which you buy in order to justify your position in the world, i.e. your external value system, none of those are ever going to make up for the fact that maybe you're feeling a bit unhappy, you're not feeling terribly confident, you're struggling to sell your products or services to other people, you know, because this is all about balance. If you are struggling 
to sell something to somebody, then but you're going out and buying loads of things. Well, immediately you can see that's unbalanced because you're not earning the money which you need in order to buy things. And that's where people then fall into the trap of um, having to borrow money and um, you know, get loans and credit cards and things like that, take out big mortgages. And, um, you know, they, rather than seeing, seeing the problem as being able to fix why they're struggling to sell something, um, they think, well, I'll just solve it by borrowing the money and I'll fix the problem later on. And then, then I'll be able to repay the money back. But then there's this vicious cycle of, you know, having to do the work in order to pay back something which you've borrowed and it just, that creates more stresses and worries and things like that. So you can see now how when people are sat in that cycle, and by the way, this may be you, but actually, you know, 99% of people, this is exactly what their life looks like from, you know, the age of adulthood from 18, 18 years old onwards and pretty much throughout their, their working lives, whether you're in a business or, or, or job or whatever, you know, our adult lives start off from, for many people with student loans or some kind of a debt. We take out a loan to pay for our car so we can get to work. We need to buy a house. We don't like spending money on rented accommodation because we see it as sunk money that we're never going to get back. So then we get a house. When we get a house, we need a mortgage. Now we're trapped for 25, 30, 35 years in, in this cycle of having to pay down whatever it is that we've borrowed. And unfortunately for many people, they don't achieve any kind of financial independence or financial awareness even until the ages of, you know, uh, between about uh, 40 and 50 years old. Some people are very lucky. They manage to discover that actually, you know, if they're starting to take on this approach to building their status by buying lots of things, they realize that, you know, these people are incredibly fortunate that it's it's a reflection of the fact they're generally feeling very happy. So it's an internal thing going on. Or sorry, unhappy, not happy. They're feeling unhappy. Um, so they're trying to make up for something. But that's for like a very small percentage of people. There's a whole movement out there at the moment, which is called the FIRE movement, financial independence, retire early. And this is where there are 18-year-olds who, and you can start from as little as like £100 a month, for example, just saving up £100 a month. And if you set aside £100 a month for a period of 10 years and you can put it into some some good investments, then all of a sudden you've got this pot of cash. Now, there are 18-year-olds out there who are, who are having, you know, who have been in low-paid jobs who are able to retire by the age of 30. I mean, you know, it's so incredibly fortunate, but they worked hard for 12 years in order to give themselves the financial independence by the time. And we're not talking like they haven't become millionaires or things like that. Some of them have, but most of them have just been very diligent spenders. They focused on their internal value systems, health, wealth, happiness, relationships, and got control of those four core pillars of their lives before, you know, at the same time, they've then been focusing on their external value systems and realizing they don't need to go out and buy all of these things in order to um, feel better as a human being. You know, our purpose in life, we weren't put on this planet to go out and buy cars and houses and things like that. You know, ultimately, many people were put on this planet to go out and help people. But the thing is, it's very hard to help people. That's an external piece of validation when your internal value system is flawed because there it lacks congruency at the point whereby you're stepping out into the world trying to help people and you're not helping yourself 
it's just totally incongruent. So it, this is why it's super, super important to focus on the internal value system and start to resolve some of those underlying issues. Now, the thing is, I'm not, I'm not, all of you know, I'm a, I'm a business coach. I've been in business for 17 years. I'm an, I'm an avid enthusiast when it comes to like trying to understand how we think and why we do what we do. So I'm by no means qualified necessarily. I'm not a psychologist to be able to go into deep into the psychology behind this, but there's a few basics here, which you need to understand in order to start to overcome and, and create a better internal value system, a more positive internal value system. So the bits which I know, and I'm always happy to stand correct. So if anybody's listening to this and they're thinking, what a load of bullshit, Robin, come on, you, you know, what do you know? By all means, like drop me, a, drop me an email, drop me a message on social media and, and let me know, you know, what is the, um, you know, the psychological background behind this. But here's, here's what I know and I'm happy to share it and then be correct, stand corrected later. But what I do know is that um, between the ages of about three to seven is when our, our our financial, our value blueprint is installed within us. And it's installed by our parents. Now, again, we shouldn't blame our parents. They're only trying to do the best by us. They're trying to protect protect us and create this safe environment for us as we as we grow up and, and learn more about the world. Um, but what typically happens between the ages of about three and seven for 99% of the people on this planet, maybe even more than that, is we'll hear things like money is the root of all evil, money doesn't grow on trees, or you can't have those new trainers because we can't afford them, we can't go on holiday this year because we don't have enough money, or you can't go to private school because it's just way too expensive, etc. So we can't sign up to Netflix because we need to penny, you know, scrimp and save. And Netflix is like $6.99 a month. It's nothing really, it's peanuts. So at least like this is where I think a lot of people get the whole um you know, money, wealth and investment thing completely wrong because like we should be able to go out and actually spend a bit of money on the things which we enjoy. So if we like watching movies, why is Netflix such a bad thing to sign up to? Like the amount of times I've spoken to money gurus and I'm doing bunny ears there and experts and it's like, cut out lattes, like stop, stop, you know, cancel all your subscriptions, like save 10 pounds here and 9.99 a month there. And I'm like, I like coffee. I like films. Why why do I need to cut those out? I, I think there's like bigger fish to fry here. You know, one of the one of the things which I didn't do for a very long period of time, I didn't save for a very long period of time because I didn't know the value of it. And um I was brought up in a world where as a child, um, if you put money into savings and investments, there was something called an interest rate that meant you could get four or five percent back on any money which you put into a savings account. And since the 2008 financial crisis, interest rates have been reduced to 0.1% here in the UK. You know, so I've, I've spent most of my adult sort of working life in a world where like there's no interest rate. So why should we save? And actually, that's really poor, poor well, I never got any advice, like to put it bluntly. And so now I've realized the error of my ways. And I'm like, well, there's other things that you, rather than low interest, like savings account, there's plenty of other ways to save and invest. And so a, a bigger, a big, like rather than cutting out Netflix and my, my morning, you know, my morning Americano every day, which is like, you know, 20 or 30 pounds a month, I'm actually much better off now that I've learned to save and put away money each and every month uh, into into various different investments that are going to yield better results for me over time. So that money is actually doing something for me and will produce financial security in the future. But, you know, given that I'm now 40, 
Yay! Had my 40th birthday over the weekend, which was quite exciting. Um, I had a fantastic time. Um, but it's taken me from the age of seven having my parents, having, having had my parents say all of this negativity, these negative words associated with money, which is then installed inside me. That's now my internal value system. And, uh, you know, there's, uh, what that then starts to kind of project is, you know, how mu- what's my self-worth? You know, when, when you have parents who aren't willing to spend money on you or are constantly telling you it's not worth it, um, actually, as a child, all you hear is you're not worth it. And so I've had to undo that stuff for the last 33 years to get to this point in my 40s where I feel confident enough in my own internal value system to then project that in a a structured fashion into my external value system. So realizing that I don't need to buy loads of stuff in order to feel good about myself. Actually, um, when I'm investing and having fun investing, um, that, that reflects much better for me in terms of my external value system because and here's here's the crux of it right where i said earlier on that your your internal value system is a reflection of your external value system and one of the examples i used is that where where people struggle to sell something of value to somebody else i you as a business owner if you're there and you're getting lots of no's and you're taking it personally and you're struggling to sell something of value to somebody else a service typically that you know um then what's also going to, I can pretty much guarantee that what's also happening for for you is you really struggle to commit to buying something of value as well. And you have this big, whenever you're faced with, you know, some people are just like this splurge, they just spend and spend and spend. Some people are completely opposite. Many people kind of sat in the middle and really struggle to make these decisions, especially when it comes to your business. Now, none of us can predict the future. So we have to use our best guess when it comes to, you know, trust your gut instinct when it comes to actually buying something for your business, making an investment in your business. But if you're left in this position whereby it's, you're really conflicted, like you're so on the fence with making this decision, I can pretty much guarantee as well that when you try and sell something to somebody, you are ended, you're ending up with a lot of prospective clients who are also sat on the fence, who are also struggling to, you know, are very indecisive and struggling to make decisions. So this is why like fixing your internal value system as a business owner is super, super important because until you've addressed those those um, deep-seated underlying issues with your own internal value system, you're actually going to really struggle to grow your business and to sell your products, especially at a higher rate. You know, one of the things which you talk about a lot in Fearless Business is increasing your prices because you know, too, too many people, when they have this poor value system, they they look, it's like yellow car syndrome, okay? So you go, oh, I'm going to sell my widgets for £100. And then you go and look out into the world, the outside world, and all you see is yellow cars. All you see is other people selling the same product that you're selling and for £100 and you go, oh, that must be the right price to sell it at. And you never question it. And this is purely down to your internal value system. A positive internal value system questions everything. Is this good value for money? Am I going to get paid my worth for this? And fundamentally, when somebody pays me for this, is it going to lead to my business economically being viable? Is, is it economic? economically going to stand up? Am I going to make profit out of this? Because look, at the end of the day, there's only two, well, there's one one major thing in business, right? One major goal in business. 
Um, and, and that one goal in business is to make profit. Okay. You can argue with me until you're blue in the face about purpose and mission and values and all of that good stuff. If, if I ask you like, why are you in business? That's different. That's purpose. But the one reason why businesses exist, why they stand to exist is to make some form of profit. Because look, if you're not making profit, if you're not making enough money to live, then you should either be in a job or eventually what's going to happen is if you're losing money, your business is going to go under. So you you failed. I hate to say it, the F word, but you failed as a business owner, okay? And I see too many business owners um, making these common mistakes, right? If you don't value yourself and you get yellow car syndrome, you go out and look at what everybody else is charging and you copy them, you're not asking the right question because what you need to be doing is asking the question, is this actually working? Is this actually working out for them? Are they running a profitable and, and successful business? And often you don't actually know. So what it comes down to is when you then start selling your products, you need to test and validate, okay? This is where you need to um, ensure that you are um, disconnecting your internal and your external value systems. If a client says, no, that's too expensive, that is just one, one prospective client who is saying you're too expensive. I believe that you, if you're going to make an assumption that you're too expensive, you need to gather a lot of data in order to validate your assumption and validate your internal value system, see whether that it's a true reflection. So what this means is rather than pitching one person and taking their word for it, actually you commit to, to pitching 10 to 20 people. And fair enough, if all 20 people come back and say, no, that's too expensive, then maybe you are too expensive. Now, I've worked with hundreds of business owners on, on both their internal and external um, value systems, primarily the internal value system, especially from a business perspective, because it's very cut and dry, okay? We just look at the numbers. But quite often when I challenge people to increase their prices, and we're not talking, you could double your prices, quintuple your prices. We've done that. We've helped clients to like 10x their prices before, and I've done it for myself. But you could start by just putting your prices up by 10 or 20%. Take your price off your website, put your prices up by 10 or 20%, and then pitch it to the next 10 or 20 people. And I can near as damn it guarantee that somewhere between 20 and 40% of those people are going to say yes. Okay. And I can guarantee that because I've been through this process with 250 business owners in the lot, just in the last five years alone. Okay. So we have validated to the extreme. Okay. And I'm not just talking, when I say validated, I don't just mean internal value system. We balance it off with the external value system, which works in the business. When we sell something, have we got buyers for it? And if the answer is yes, and it's somewhere between 20 and 40% of our prospective clients, we know that we're in the sweet spot. Now, there are going to be times, ruts, when you end up getting more no's than yeses, okay? And you have to see this as just being part of the process of running a business. Now, remember, a business is actually an external value system, okay? I haven't said that yet on this podcast episode. Let me say it again. A business is an external value system, which is separate to your internal value system, okay? Now, you need to be careful that um, you need to be detached from the outcome. What I mean by that is the two are separate because you're an amazing human being who delivers remarkable value to your clients. You have a, a, a great product, a process and a system in place to deliver the same repeatable results to your clients, okay? And just because somebody says no or doesn't buy it, it doesn't devalue that process, that system, that product that you have spent years of your time building 
building out because that is just one person who has said no. The goal is you go out and you find yellow cars, people people who are saying yes because it matches up. They get your value and they see value in that product, that service, that system, and that process that you have built to deliver those remarkable remarkable results to the right clients, okay? But like I said, this all starts, all stemmed from our parents saying those sort of those sentences. That's, it's too expensive. You can't have those trainers because they're too expensive. We can't go on holiday this year because we can't afford it. Money is the root of all even, evil. And even people like um, when they talk about money as well, I'm struggling to get the money together for a deposit. No, see it as a challenge. Relish the challenge. I'm, I'm excited about the prospect of, you know, getting this deposit together to move into my first house. I'm excited about getting together a thousand pounds to put into my first investment you know, be positive. Use po- like Just listen to yourself. Listen to the language you use around money, okay? If you find yourself having a very negative vocabulary, vocabulary around, ironic, I couldn't say the word vocabulary. If you have a very negative vocabulary around money, start to just take some thinking time to, uh, and re, you know, change some of those words, see how you can make it a positive journey um, around value and money and all things like that. Listen, I hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode. I would love it if you um, did get value from this episode of the Fearless Business Podcast. Please do drop us a review on iTunes. It just helps other people to find this podcast. And do go and check out some of the resources we've got on over at uh, fearless.biz. And I shall look forward to catching up with you in the next episode. Mm-hmm.